Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another uh, um, podcast. My name is Oscar Way, uh, and I'm here with Jordan. Jordan Levine, yep, senior economist as well at the California Association of Realtors. Hey, everyone. I apologize for not um, talking on the, on the air for quite some time. Um, been busy. I hate to say that, but uh, we're now back on. Yeah, no. It's uh, normally the winter is a you know a downtime in the real estate industry, right? Not many transactions happening right after Christmas and New Year's, but uh, for whatever reason, we start the year with a bank. So uh, right, right. Good to be back with you. Yeah, I've got a lot of the, the political stuff, legislative stuff to take care of. But we did release a, uh, a December, some December numbers uh, about a week, two weeks ago. Yep. And so we closed out the year. Right, so you know the December you know, turns out to be okay. I would say okay. I wouldn't say robust, but it's okay compared yeah. to how it was uh, 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 the previous three months. Yeah, definitely. With all the challenges out there, I think any news is is good news. Um, so, um, and I think it's it's up slightly uh, about one one point four percent, which is very close to what we predicted. Right, and that's actually the full year's number too, right? We were up 1.4 in December and also up about 1.4 for all of 2017, right? Right, right. So, you know, this gives you an idea that we didn't just, you know, hit, look at the crystal ball. We did some calculation. Definitely. Now, um, of course, uh, the price actually actually uh, increased a little bit higher. Yeah, so um, prices are ramping up. It seemed like the second half of the year we went from kind of that low single-digit price growth to I think we ended like seven and a half percent or so. Yeah, seven point six. I think for the year as a whole, it was close to seven to six point nine percent to be exact. And right now it is uh, five hundred and forty-nine five fifths five sixty for for December. So it's and that's not, in the middle of winter. Yeah, I know, I know, and it's not very. Far from you know the peak, and uh, last peak back in 2007 was somewhere around 595. So yeah. I'm not surprised if uh, in 2018 we're going to see a price closer to that, or maybe even surpass it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you think about June's number, it was uh, you know several tens of thousands higher in price than what it was at the end of the year. And so if you build on another three, four percent onto that, then it very quickly um, gets you close to that 600,000 number. Yeah, I know. Very, very easy. Um, and of course, even though um, we do believe that it's probably going to surpass that uh, last peak, we do have a very modest uh, increase in price uh, for our forecast. We only expect a, uh, previously it was predicted to be 4.2, but we lowered it to 3.2 because of tax reform. Right. And I think, you know, as we said in the webinars and, you know, talked about for a long time that the top end of the market where they're going to kind of build in these extra costs of home ownership or the fact that you can now deduct, you know, less than or $250,000 less right. of mortgage principal and the interest that goes along with that um, could mitigate some of the upward pressure on price at the top end of the market. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have the cap of property taxes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, of course, uh, the reason why we had some increase in price, uh, going back to price a little bit, is because of upward pressure on uh, price due to tight supply. Yeah. Exactly. Supply, uh, it's safe to say it's probably going to get, not going to get any better. Right. Yeah, um, and it's and it's. Uh, I believe the in December it was actually the lowest in the last uh, since June two thousand and four. Wow! So coming up on fourteen years, 
that you have to go back to find a level of inventory that's tighter than it is today, right? I know. And I think that speaks volumes to why we could only boost sales by 1.4%, right? And I yeah. think, especially in the context of the double-digit clients, right? You said that active listings, not only are we at 2.5 months of supply, which is the lowest in 14 years, but every single month last year, we saw a double-digit decline in the number of active listings on the market. And so from that perspective, it's almost incredible to be able to put up any growth uh, whatsoever in terms of, of home sales. Yeah, and, and it's tough. I think, you know, the fact that um, it's double-digit and it's, well, even though it's low double-digit 12%, but in the 2018, there is probably going to be a drop, continue to be a drop, maybe not double-digit, who knows. Right. But uh, I, I don't think uh, we're going to see some improvement, significant improvement. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the things that keep inventory depressed, um, including things like low property taxes, having a low rate on your mortgage, you know, the fact that you might be facing capital gains in California if you sold that house, I think, you know, and just on top of that, straight up demographics, right? We've got a lot more baby boomers who move a lot Absolutely. less. Everybody's aging into retirement. And in addition to all those economic factors that I mentioned, um, none of those things are going away over the short run, at least. And so I think it's, uh, you know, to have a really optimistic view that we're going to see this big turnaround in number of active listings, I think is uh, maybe wishful thinking. All right, yeah. And of course, uh, demand is going to continue to go up. Now, we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the regional level. So that's, this is a good segue to, uh, you know, put in, to, uh, talk about the, uh, the regional number. Yeah. Um, let's start with the uh, Bay Area. Ooh, you want to go for the hard one first. Okay, yeah. Well, what, what happened in the Bay Area? They had well, a good year. They do have a very good year. Um, and let's talk about the housing demand that we, you were just kind of alluding to earlier. Job growth is great. You know, we have job growth in California and Bay Area is, you know, the area that we're seeing a lot of improvement. Yeah, definitely. Lots of uh, good job creation up there still, even though the fact that they're at very low levels of unemployment. I think most parts of the Bay Area are even below 3% unemployment. But uh, it's happening all across the state, too. I mean, I just pulled numbers from... The, the Employment Development Department to look uh -huh. at unemployment because I knew it was getting really low and I looked back to 1990 and we have, you know, in December have the lowest unemployment rate California seen going back to 1990 and I went, wow, I wonder how far you got to go back wow. to find a number lower than that. Well, the, the government tracks numbers going back to the mid-1970s. Really? And even going back to 1976, you don't find a lower unemployment rate than what California had in December. And so I think going back to your point, the demand is there, right? We have more folks employed as a percentage uh, than we've had in a very, very long time. A lot of those jobs are uh, high paying jobs and professional sectors and other, you know, different types of high wage categories. And so, again, the demand is there. It's the, it's the active listings. And I think that that's what's really uh, driving such strong price growth in the Bay. Yeah. And of course, you know, when you look at the housing demand being good, you know, being at a high level, we loved it. But at the same time, we you make you scratch your head a little bit. How come sales only increase, you know, marginally, yeah. if at best? And of course, it has a lot to do with supply. Yeah, that's one of the tightest markets out there. Very, very tight. And and uh, before we turn into supply, you said you know price growth increases significantly because of you know that imbalance. Um, just to give you some example, I think uh, just look at the uh, the amount of increase of price. I believe many of them, uh, in, in fact, about. Um, I think four or five of them actually increased by double digit. Wow. Um, and uh, for the year as a whole, I think Bay Area only increased, um, and I said only, um, it's, um, it's increased by about, um, let me see, 
uh, more than double digit. I'm sorry, I don't have the exact number here. But if you take a look at Santa Clara, for example, yeah. Santa Clara in the last month of uh, uh, the year, it actually jumped significantly. Remember, Santa Clara is where the job hub is also. Oh, yeah, definitely. Silicon Valley. And I said, I said jump significantly. It actually increased by something like 34%. That's just crazy. And especially when you think about where prices were last year right they were already in excess of of a million dollars and so that represents a couple hundred thousand dollar jump uh in the cost of housing up there right and so uh that's a a significant increase from levels that were already pretty unaffordable to the average household absolutely and and a lot of time we want to compare that to you know the peak level right if we look at the peak level um six of the nine counties in the bay area actually surpassed its last peak which is just, that's one of the few regions in the state where that's true. Very few regions, yeah. And then the other three counties that are not, that have not surpassed, next year you could see one or two of them surpassing. So it's, it's tough to say. I mean, of course, uh, you've written an article on, um, you know, whether the market is a little bit frothy or not. Uh, right. Are we in a bubble? How sustainable is it? But when you take a look at, you know, how strong the, the job growth is, housing demand is in the area, it's hard to imagine. And yes, it is a little hot, uh, high in price, but, uh, you know, we're still seeing some strong demand as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the change, if there's going to be one, will come on the demand side, right? We know what the supply situation's like. It's tight. We're not building enough. Um, people aren't moving. So there's, you know, the supply situation is going to remain tight. The only way we get back into balance is if something happens to right. undermine demand, right? And so that takes an economic shock to yeah. the you know stock market or the economy or something like that. So, you know, until something like that happens, where we start seeing consumer spending pull back or the Bitcoin, you know, go belly up or something like that. Then I think that we're cranking out enough high income jobs to to maintain too much demand for what relative little amount of supplies out there. Yeah, I mean, we definitely want to, don't take me wrong, you know, we definitely want to see job growth, but it's tough for the housing market. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just uh, makes the, the need for new housing that much more acute. You know, every new job that we create puts us farther and farther behind the eight ball from a housing supply standpoint. And so you want great job growth, but you need to meet it with commensurate amounts of construction yeah. to avoid, you know, a rapid deterioration in home price. Absolutely. Or home affordability, really. Absolutely. And and um, just to touch upon it a little bit before we wrap up uh, Bay Area, as you mentioned about tax reform a little yeah. earlier, and tax reform, you know, based on some of the analysis that we have done before, it affects the higher end a little bit more. So, you know, for many of the Bay Area, for many of the first time buyers in Bay Area, you know, they might be buying, who knows, like 800,000, 900,000 homes. That's considered first-time buyers in the Bay Area. Yeah. And they will be affected because of the tax reform adversely because uh, because tighter supply, you know, maybe uh, a little a bit of a decline in price. But, um, you know, there's not going to be as many sales. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the Bay Area is, is really exposed more than most parts of California to tax reform. I think, you know, in places in the Central Valley where the median home price is much lower, a $750,000 cap on the amount of mortgage debt isn't as problematic as it is when, right. as you said, there aren't any homes in San Francisco, I think less than $800,000. Right, right. And so, um, you know, markets like that are obviously going to be more impacted. Yeah, and we definitely will continue to see increase in price. Don't take me wrong, the tax reform will have an impact on the Bay Area. But because of the tight supply, we're still going to see a significant increase in price in the Bay Area. That's right. When we adjusted our forecast for tax reform, all we did was lower the amount of growth that we were talking about. The market's still going to grow in both prices and sales, just a little bit less than what we were originally thinking. Right. 
right, right. So now let's talk about uh, Southern California. I know Southern California is not as challenging as far as housing affordability is concerned, and I say challenging, quote unquote, of course, still very challenging because of tight supply. Yeah, it's not much consolation to the folks who can't get into the market here in LA when you tell them, yeah, but in San Francisco, the price is one and a half million. <laughs> you know, they that doesn't offer um, you know much solace to those folks. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, so, um, very similar to uh, the, the state as a whole, Southern California makes an increase by about 1.3% as far as sales is concerned on a year-over-year basis. Right. Um, and, of course, there are areas that are a little bit better than the other, um, namely the Inland Valley. Yep. Yeah, the IE seems to be where a lot of the action is shifting, both in terms of price and sales. I mean, sales were down pretty much across Southern California last year, but... Um, the, the exception of that is San Bernardino, and I think also Riverside County had uh, one of the smaller declines, right? So there's right. much bigger declines in coastal Southern California, San Diego, Orange County, L.A. Um, Riverside declined too, but by a less amount, and actually San Bernardino improved. And I think the one thing that the IE really has going for it is just the affordability, right? So to Absolutely. the extent that you're in Southern California, it's almost becoming one giant mega region in a way and so if you're working in LA, Orange County, even San Diego and you want to own a home I think increasingly you're seeing folks uh, looking to places like the Inland Empire to the only you know area where they can even afford to make that happen and become a homeowner right and oftentimes you see folks trading off one two three hour commutes to their job in exchange for being able to own a home because affordability along the coast has just deteriorated so much more and I think that's what's really driving the overperformance of the IE relative to you know the coastal areas is just that uh, they haven't seen that erosion and affordability to the same degree. It's getting less affordable, you know, every day, but it's it pales in comparison to the lack of affordability on the coast. It's true, and you know when we when we take a look at supply, of course, I think uh, supply on the supply side, uh, Inland Valley seems to have a little bit more, slightly a little bit more than you know Orange County and LA County. Yeah. But also another thing to keep in mind is. Um, for the Inland Empire, they actually start picking up as far as um, uh, economic growth Absolutely. is concerned. They start yeah. picking up a little later than LA and Orange County. So, you know, they are growing a little faster in terms of job growth and economic growth. And the fact that we could possibly, I mean, look at look at online sales, look at internet sales. Um, online activity has been booming and a lot of people are buying things online. And uh, Inland, uh, Inland Valley is an area where we have a lot of those uh, logistic and uh, warehouse warehousing for um, yep, retail. Fulfillment centers and all so that stuff. So job growth could be growing a little faster, continue to stay at a pretty decent level in those areas. So um, yes, for there will be a lot, still a lot of people commuting back and forth, but there will be some job growth in that area, which makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, still, um, they they have uh, supply only at three three point two three point two months of inventory. Still yeah, it's very no low picnic. Level. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I think that they'll continue to kind of bolster Southern California as a whole, right? They'll have to be propping up the rest of Southern California where that affordability is continuing to dwindle and inventory is much tighter, um, that you're gonna see that they'll probably be the, the bright spot for Southern California even moving forward because of those strengths, I guess. True, and I don't wanna leave out uh, Ventura. Ventura uh, seems to showing a little bit um, softening. Sure. Um, it could also be, of course, at the end of last year, 
we had uh, the wildfires and that might affect some of the sales. Uh, hopefully uh, this year we can start seeing some pickup. Anecdotally, you know, when I went out to outreach, I heard that uh, it started seeing a little bit of a pickup in sales. So hopefully even sure we'll start doing a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. No, I think the, the fires were definitely behind that end of the year. Slow down, a lot of stuff got put on hold as folks tried to really just get their bearings and, and get into recovery mode. So um, I'm still optimistic on Ventura too, because if you look at it, they've got a fairly diverse housing stock and, uh-huh, and I think uh-huh. that's going to be a boon right you've got everything from luxury uh, all the way on down to you know farming communities and I think that will help to insulate them from any shocks that might happen out there yeah of course we'll have to take a look at um, you know the January numbers uh, later on and find out you know what the uh, the performance is but we'll let the, you guys know for sure um, then what about Central Valley another big region yeah um, I mean I was surprised by the Central Valley honestly I kind of looked at the Central Valley as as a little bit of a inland empire uh-huh. for you know Northern California in some ways um, it's you know still got access in some parts to major job centers either in Sacramento or if you're talking about like Modesto Stanislaus County then you can get into the Bay Area and San Joaquin same thing so you have access to these major job centers but have much more affordable housing and so I was expecting 2017 to see a similar shift to what we saw in Southern California Uh where a lot of these Bay Area housing demand folks would move a little bit further east, still maintain ties to their jobs in the Bay or Sacramento, um, but pour into places like Modesto and San Joaquin and Yolo counties and things like that. Um, Actually, it was one of the softer regions in the year this year, even despite all of its affordability and, and relatively more supply. It's not as supply constrained as we are in the major job centers either and so um, that one had me a little bit more surprised but I think unlike the Inland Empire which kind of has its own diversified employment base uh-huh. I think they're you know in, don't get me wrong Inland Empire is massively dependent <laughs> on jobs from coastal <laughs> Southern California as well but they do have their own um, budding kind of contingent of a much more diversified economy in their own right whereas I think that uh, you know, agriculture is still a, a predominant thing. You haven't seen as much migration of things like professional services and, and things like the logistics and fulfillment type centers hit the, the Central Valley. And so they don't have as much of that kind of robust domestic job growth and are much more reliant on on the kind of spillover effects from Sacramento and the Bay. And, and that might explain it, but, but I did have to scratch my head a bit when the numbers first came in. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to explain. Um, you know, of course, it's it's one of the softer. You said one. It's one of the softer, but it's of course it's not by a significant amount. You know, I, I looked at the numbers. Uh, Southern California was one point two percent growth, but uh, Central Valley was zero point nine percent. I looked at some of the counties. You know, that we have some weaker performance. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Of course, uh, with Sacramento actually down slightly, um, and. Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to explain. Now, some of the better counties include Fresno, Merced, Stanislaus, and you said it earlier. Um, you know, it's many of those counties are folk, uh, primarily agriculture. Yeah. Um, it might be it there, that might be one reason. Um, it could also be you know recreational. Some of those areas are uh, more recreational. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of tourist hotspots and things like that. So. And it is possible that you know we may not, 
you know, with with Southern California being a very diverse uh, economy, economy, people may be going to some of the areas like LA County or Orange County for some of the recreational activity. Um, it's 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 hard to explain. Yeah, we have. To, I think Kern County is one thing that one area that I think I can kind of explain a little bit because of the energy right. sector. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it's, it's yeah, it's tough to uh, explain. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other thing is that these areas aren't aren't as cheap as they used to be. Right. Oh, the that's Central true. Valley was much more affordable. But you look at um, Sacramento as an example, and I was just speaking in Sacramento a couple of weeks ago. And you know they had double-digit price growth, right? So they're up in the right. from three hundred thousand to three hundred fifty thousand ish, you know, over the course of the last year, and that's a pretty significant jump for folks on those type of Sacramento incomes. And so they're more affordable relative to the Bay Area, but their affordability is deteriorating as you get all these kind of spillover demand that comes across and pushes up prices, um, and and that might be a factor too, is that just you know as as the inventory gets tighter and prices get pushed up faster in some of these markets that are a little bit later to the game that, you know, now that's starting to, to tell. And I, and I think you, you nailed it uh, in the head a little bit. Uh, it's not the, the increase in the housing demand. It may not necessarily be because of internal growth. I mean, there is some job growth in some of these counties. Don't take me wrong. Yeah. But it's you know uh, many of them may not necessarily be internal growth. So you know when a lot of people from out of the county come over and um, you know buy at a higher price, of course they will beat up price. Um, I looked at some of the numbers also. I think uh, the December numbers: nine out of twelve counties, seventy-five percent, wow, actually increased more than five or six percent. So that's uh, some some increase, and I don't see that momentum kind of easing off in twenty eighteen. Most likely, it'll continue on. In the upcoming year, yeah. At the end of the day, we still got the supply constraints. So. Yeah, and and if you, if you look at how they compare it to the peak price, all of these counties actually in Central Valley uh, are still below the peak price. In fact, most of them are uh, uh, double digit uh, below uh, the peak price. So it, it does have a ways to go, but uh, it Definitely. really depends. Yeah, no, and I think if you even just do basic calculations on how sustainable are home prices relative to what people earn there, I think the Central Valley is the you know the main area where there's still lots of a headroom or room to run, right? Because uh, although incomes are much lower there relative to the home prices, they're still fairly affordable, you know, especially relative to the rest of California. So I'm still optimistic on the Central Valley, and even though they didn't uh, meet my expectations in 17, I think they could really hit their stride in, in 18. Now, I, I, I have to be uh, honest, I didn't really prepare much on the um, Central Coast. I know Central Coast is something that you may have a little bit more information on. Central I don't know whether Coast you have is... anything readily available. No, Central Coast is near and dear to my heart. That's where my family is located, but uh, it's an absolutely great place to be. But like most other parts of the state, we are battling a lot of the same issues. Tight inventory, which led to a reduction in home sales. The exception to that was when we had a bit of a bounce back um, in Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz in December, kind of That's after right, the major yes. disasters that ended. I think things got a little bit back on track, but you know, we see ongoing increases in home prices there, which is, you know, great for everybody who's already in the market. It's a great time to right. to be in the Central Coast housing market. But uh, again, those first time buyers are seeing the same challenges that we see in, you know, other parts of our major job centers where we have, you know, too much demand and not enough supply. It's a unique area in the sense that it's kind of Central Valley 
light in the sense that it's got a lot of agriculture, but it's also got a big tourism component as well. That's true. And so it's uh, a bit more diversified economically, and it's been able to post some pretty decent numbers jobs-wise, but... Uh, you know, it just still can't translate into much momentum on the housing market side, aside from rising prices, because again, just that lack of inventory and much of those those challenges are demographic and, and we've got very similar population base there, if not more slanted towards the retirees. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, o- overall, of course, everything is, um, you know, boils down to low supply and, uh, you know, sales will probably in, uh, continue to increase in 2018, but low supply continue to pop up price. But another thing that affect affordability is um, interest rates, obviously. Yeah. Now you want to get depressing. <laughs> well, you know, it's lo- we've been waiting and waiting. We've talked about it before. Even as, as, as a matter of fact, you know, at the end of 2016, we anticipated some increase in uh, interest rate. Never really happened it kind of slowed down, but it finally came. Yeah. Um, and the fir- in the first few weeks, uh, as a matter of fact, for 2018, um, we had we have been seeing some jump in uh, 30-year fixed rate. I think uh, latest is what 4.3 or something like that. If yeah. I remember correctly. 4.3 percent, and that's without the Fed even raising rates. In many ways, right. I feel like you know it's deja vu when we were sitting in. December 2016, we're thinking three Fed rate hikes, you know, in 17, and then Brexit and everything else happened, and, uh, you know, rates are going up. I think, look, the fact is that although it's depressing, we're here to prepare you and and to keep it really real that, that the days of 3.5% interest rates, I think, are behind us. When you look at a 10-year bond yield, which is a, a really great correlate to look uh-huh. at for getting to know what's going to happen with 30-year fixed rate mortgages, they've surged, right? They're up at right. 2.7%. And, and I think that's largely what underlies the fact that the mortgage rate's up at 4.3% without the Fed even doing anything. They met last this week, actually, and said, we're going to hold rates steady. And yet still, we've already seen the rate climb to 4.3%. So it's going to have um, impacts on the housing market because it really that, that matters humongously for uh, monthly mortgage payments, right? You can Your house price is one thing, but then your interest rate really dictates how much you're gonna pay on a monthly basis. And having a 30 or 40, or I guess from the election now, we're about 80 basis points up from where you were just That's in right. you know, a year. Five, yeah. yes. So um, those are our big jumps. And I think even at the median priced home, a 75 basis point increase is almost you know three, $400 a month on the median home price, that's for the exact same house, right? So where are you going to get $400 a month to buy the exact same house? I think, you know, we already have affordability challenges, so. And that's why, you know, we've, t- we, 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 you know, during the uh, tax reform discussions, we talk about, you know, how supply could actually be constrained. Now, increase in interest rates also will lead to uh, problematic, you know, supply constraint because a lot of people locked in with a very, very low rate. Many of them now, you know, on top of the fact that they don't, they don't want to be affected by uh, tax reform, they're not, they're not going to be affected by uh, increasing interest rates. So a lot of people may actually hold back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you go from, uh, even if you made a hundred thousand dollars in equity on your house over the last couple of years, if you have to jump from three and a half to four and a half percent interest rates, 
that extra payment is going to erode a lot of those profits that you had just made over the last couple of years, right? And that's going to give people um, yet another incentive, I guess, to stay put, right? And then um, not only that, it's going to be daunting for those people who aren't in the market yet. Yeah, and and you mentioned you know Fed hasn't uh, hasn't done anything yet, and that's because they are still waiting to see inflation. Right. Remember, we just had a tax cuts and jobs act. That is supposed to boost the economy, and we know that the economy is at a uh, very tight level as far as labor sh- uh, shortage, labor supply is concerned. Yeah, lowest unemployment in California in 40 years. So it's not a surprise if, let's say, in the uh, next couple months or so, we see we start seeing some inflation increase. Increasing inflation, what's going to happen in when inflation increase? We're going to see a little bit more Fed That's going to start getting a bit more active. Now, if you ask me six months ago whether I believe it's going to increase by more than three times, I'll probably say uh, it's probably going to be three times. Right. I'm not so sure about that now. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, look, the the wage growth numbers are already picking up. And, and the thing about full employment is, you know, when we were back in 2009, 10 timeframe, the economy could grow. We were at you know, 10 or 12 percent unemployment here in California. Um, companies were able to grow hire workers without really causing any displacement. We had 12% unemployment. There's lots uh-huh. of skilled workers out there on the sidelines waiting to get back to work and you could easily just absorb those folks right back in and you're off to the races. Now at 4% unemployment, the lowest level in over 40 years here in California, there's not that big pool of That's just right. folks sitting around waiting to be absorbed back into labor. All of our skilled workforce is being utilized right now. and so to grow and attract talent, firms are gonna have to start competing with each other for this limited supply of workers. That means offering more money, that means wage growth, and that ultimately means growth in consumer prices and inflation. Guess what? That's when the Fed starts acting. Exactly. I think uh, we we, uh, we are going to see some increase in uh, Fed funds rate as well as bond yields. And we already see some um, sort of side effect uh, because of increase in bond yields, we have been seeing a little bit of market volatility in the stock market in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. It's changes quite a bit, and I'm pretty sure for the rest of the year we probably will see a little bit more volatility because of you know the change in bond yields. Um, there, rest assured, uh, make sure you buckle up. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a bumpy ride in the equity markets. I think one of the reasons why the equity markets are so frothy was that there was no yields anywhere else, right? Now, as the yields start right. to come up, you might be able to throw some money in a savings account again, right? And that might uh, start to make sense. Maybe those money market rates actually um, you know, earn you something. You put some money in there instead of just keeping it buried under the shed. I don't know. But you know, it's, I think, definitely something that we're going to have to watch closely. Because again, even at the very beginning of this podcast, we were talking about how sustainable home prices uh-huh. are and are we in a bubble and i said that you know for me the problems are going to have to come from outside the housing right. market well uh you know the the stock market the bond markets um a consumer retrenchment those are all things that i watch for but i think the stock market in particular um could be in for a bumpy one absolutely and before we get too far in the stock market i'm, I'm gonna stop you know because we are not financial analysts so i don't want people to criticize us for giving financial advices let's turn our attention back to your home uh home ownership rate sure that's something let's end it on a positive note yes yes no so uh this week we got the new home ownership numbers and actually home ownership in california went up so we're up at 55.1 percent hey that's that's our business right that's what we that's what we strive for that's the number one thing that we're advocating for is to uh, get folks into home ownership so they can get the wealth building and um you know california does best as a state when people can buy and own their own homes there's no doubt about it the 
As good as that news is, though, I want to kind of caution against of popping the champagne corks and getting too celebratory. Um, although, again, any good news is, is something that we're definitely going to take. Um, but one of the things that we noticed was that the final quarter of the year saw a little bit of unseasonably good activity, right? Uh-huh. The winter was stronger than the winter normally is in the real estate market. And I think that especially at the top end of the market, we saw a big surge in one million plus home sales especially in November and December. And I think that that was as the realities of tax reform and the fact that you were going to be able to um, not deduct this additional you know, mortgage interest and things like that really caused people to try and get ahead of tax reform, right? And so we had this really strong True. winter with growth in sales that we don't normally see. Um, and I think that that artificially boosted the home ownership rate because we had more people getting in in the final quarter instead of waiting till March or April or really the home buying season to get going in, in earnest. And so um, I think we shifted some of those sales forward that would have happened during the first quarter of this year. And, and we might not see an ongoing uptrend in home ownership. I want to see one. Absolutely. We're rooting for that. Um, but just kind of putting my interpretation of what that number actually means. Yes, home ownership went up, but I think it was because the the winter was stronger than it should have been because of tax reform. I think I am inclined to believe um, you know your 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 analysis, and of course we can't prove that uh, that is really going to be the case until you know let's say two or three months from down the road when we take a look at some of the numbers. That's right. Um, and I know I think we started seeing a little bit of softening in certain areas, but I I don't want to generalize. Uh, we'll see. We will be seeing some numbers uh, probably next week or so. Yep. Um, and then we can say. And as sure. soon as we know, you will know, and we're going to be keeping you guys posted on all of this stuff moving forward in, in 2018. But I think until we um, know more, we can take it as good news. Home ownership is up, and, and that's ultimately uh, a good thing for our members and for the state. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, until then. We will keep you posted. Thank you so much, and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening.